You are listening to the Next Best Picture podcast, and this is our review of Moneyball. There are rich teams, and there are poor teams. Then there's 50 feet of crap, and then there's us. That's a dollar, man. What? Welcome to Oakland. I need more money. We're not New York. Find players with the money that we do have. I like Perez. Got an ugly girlfriend. Ugly girlfriend means no confidence. You guys are talking the same old nonsense. Like we're looking for Fabio. We got to think differently. Who's Fabio? Your goal shouldn't be to buy players. Your goal should be to buy wins. And in order to buy wins, you need to buy runs. Who are you? I'm Peter Brand. First job in baseball? It's my first job anywhere. We're gonna shake things up. Why don't you walk me through the board? I believe there's a championship team that we could afford because everyone else undervalues them, like an island of misfit toys. We want you at first base. I've only ever played catcher. It's not that hard, Scott. Tell him, watch. It's incredibly hard. He can't throw. But what can he do? You want me to speak? When I point you yet. He gets on base. We are card counters at the blackjack table. We're gonna turn the odds on the casino. I'm heading in. Text me to play by play. Wait, what? I don't watch the games. All right, everybody, you were just listening to the trailer for Moneyball, and the story is as follows Billy Bean, general manager of the Oakland A's, one day has an epiphany. Baseball's conventional wisdom is all wrong. Faced with a tight budget, Bean must reinvent his team by outsmarting the richer ball clubs. Joining forces with Ivy League graduate Peter Brand, Bean prepares to challenge old-school traditions. He recruits bargain bin players whom the scouts have labeled as flawed, but have game-winning potential. The film is starring Brad Pitt, Jonah Hill, Philip Seymour Hoffman, Chris Pratt. It is directed by Bennett Miller and is written by Stephen Zalian and Aaron Sorkin. Here to join me today for this Patreon throwback podcast review, part of our 2011 retrospective, I have Lauren LaMagna. Go sports. Josh Parham. Hello, hello. And rejoining us here on the show. Welcome back. It's been a minute. He is a member of AwardsWatch.com. Ryan McQuaid, everyone. Hello, everyone. So, Ryan, you specifically reached out to me wanting to be a part of this episode. You you were like, you guys are doing a 2011 retrospective. Mm-hmm. I assume you're doing Moneyball. Mm-hmm. I need to be on that. Yeah. So I imagine you have a good reason for wanting to be here. Yeah, I have I have plenty of reasons to be here. Because if not, Ryan, then what the fuck are we talking about? <laughs> <laughs> I feel like that's like the way Brad Pitt speaks throughout this entire movie. He just is constantly questioning what people are discussing, what people are doing, how they're choosing to live, <laughs> wasting time. Ugh. But no, seriously, like this is interesting because I do feel that in our realm of discussing movies, sports is something that, you know, you get some critics and some people out there who like both. Totally fine. Totally valid. But it's rare doesn't come up often and Moneyball I feel like is the sports film that even if you're not so much a sports person you just get it you instantly understand why this movie works with the connection that it makes with its audience and I'm really excited to dive into why that is here uh, because this movie has had a really strong reputation ever since its uh, world premiere at the Toronto International Film Festival back in 2011 went on to be nominated for a couple of Academy Awards including Best Picture So it's been now a minute. The game of baseball has completely changed. Bennett Miller's career has, uh, well, I don't know what he's doing nowadays. So painful. (laughs) 
but the movie still lives on. So, Ryan, mm. you're the guest here. Want to start off with you. General thoughts. Start us off. What do you think of Moneyball? Well, it's funny, Matt, that you were talking about, like, how sports and movies um, don't really, like, intercept with a lot of, like, our creative friends. Because I'm a massive sports fan. And uh, as well as being just your friendly neighborhood critic over here. There's a few of you. I, I, I totally acknowledge that. I mean... Anybody knows me if you just follow me on Twitter every now and then when I'm not talking about, you know, random movie thoughts or saying something's ridiculous about the world, there'll be some sports talk in there every now and then. You know what I mean? And um, I, so I knew this uh, a little bit of the story of the Oakland A's from that season, from that 2003 season, because um, or not 2003, it's like, what, 2001? 2002. 2002, yeah, 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 because... Yeah, the 2001 was their season with Giambi yeah. and Damon. Yeah yeah, 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 yeah. Because even though I'm from Texas, I'm actually a Boston Red Sox fan. I'm sorry, what? Yeah, I'm a Boston Red Sox fan. Yeah, go Sox. Okay. Um, and, um, and, I, and I have been since I was a kid. And so this movie kind of has, like, also interesting history, if you know, by the end of the film, that Billy Bean turns down the offer... Uh, to be the general manager, and then two years later, twelve point five million. <laughs> I rem I remember watching that, thinking, because I I didn't remember him being up for the job, and just thinking, oh no, I know it's about to happen because two years later they break the curse, mm -hmm. and it's and it's got to just be like completely heartbreaking. And that's what I kind of love about the movie is that it doesn't wrap it all up neatly for for Billy Bean, and he's still. He's not chasing it anymore because he's he's kind of retired from being a GM and he kind of works for Major League Baseball because of the fact that he and a, and a couple others, uh, primarily Bill James, who's mentioned a, a ton in the film, sort of found this, you know, analytical system on how to break the mold of how billionaires who own the, you know, because like in baseball, just for everybody out there, there is no cap like in football and in basketball. There's a cap. There's a limit of how much money a team can spend on an entire team. In baseball, there isn't. So that's why the same teams like the Dodgers in L.A. or the Yankees or or the Red Sox can spend so much money and basically don't have to really grow a farm system. They can just pay all these franchises for their good players and basically build all-star teams. And that's, that, um, that scene that Billy Bean talks about where he's like, you know, they're – or organ donors for the rich is a perfect, just a perfect bit of dialogue to explain to a, a non-sports fan of what's happening here with losing these three players. And I mean, they do take liberties from the book and from history, which is fine. Um, but this, the screenplay is incredible. You know, Zalian did the first draft and then Sorkin coming in and doing the rewrite. A little bit of a punch up, if you will. Yeah. Yep. A, a severe punch up. Um, and you know, Coming off of obviously him winning the Oscar for Social Network, what a one-two punch for for Sorkin, and I think Brad Pitt is phenomenal in this movie. I think Jonah Hill is incredible. Um, I miss Philip Seymour Hoffman every single day, and just him being like a presence. It's not really a performance; it's more of a presence in this movie. Yeah, is is fantastic. Um, I love the players in the film. I love even just the couple of scenes with Robin Wright his daughter in the film it, those scenes break my heart every single time it really grounds billy bean it makes this more about him and his kind of rise and fall as a player and then as a gm um 
this is one of the more rewatchable films I've seen from the last from that last decade. And uh, it's my favorite film of 2011. And I think that maybe this is a controversial take, and I can say this finally for your your podcast, Matt. But I think as much as we talk about how the social network is a, a massive commentary about social media and the ramifications, and it has told a tale now from its 10 plus years of existence, and it's a very much cautionary tale, I think also this is too. Uh, this movie and what analytics has become because it's dominated not just baseball, but it dominates every sport now and for better and for worse. And it's kind of diluted um, the, you know, how we scout and how we evaluate teams and how we evaluate players. And it's, it's, it's really interesting what, you know, how this started and now how it's being used even by like the richest teams in the world. So um, I think it's, it's, it's also a cautionary tale, but it's also just damn entertaining. And it's one of those movies you put on and it's insanely quotable because it's got that Sorkin's alien dialogue. And, you know, I do miss Bennett Miller like crazy. Um, I think he's like, you know, one of those great directors from last decade. And it's like, dude, get back behind that camera somehow. But overall, I, I love this movie to death. When I asked you what you thought about this movie, I really thought you were going to just simply say, because he gets on base. <laughs> <laughs> That's fair. All right. But no, seriously, good, strong thoughts here to start us off, because, yeah, I do think that this movie has had some impact for sure in its in, in the years since its release. Um, maybe not so much in a way that I feel like Social Network has, but I, I get the argument and I understand what it is you're saying here. And I actually do want to dive into that just a little bit more as we go in terms of the lasting legacy and what is it about the uh, film that has worked in terms of its rewatchability for people. Lauren, I'm going to turn it over to you next because um, I, I would love to know what your relationship with this movie is simply because I you don't know. Yeah, I, I had no idea if you'd seen it before or anything. So this is all new for me. So, uh, yeah, tell us what you thought. Well, first off, I'm going to say is that this film was not made for me. I'm not a sports girl. I'm certainly not a baseball girl. If there's any sport I follow, it's hockey, but that's only really the back end of the season or the playoffs. Um, I don't find baseball entertaining unless I'm there. I also don't like business movies. I find them quite boring, and I kind of think I'm not smart enough to follow them. And then I also don't like math. So, like, this is a one, two, three, not a movie for me. I shouldn't like it. But I really, really, really enjoy this movie. I think it's incredibly strong. I think it's also very accessible that they managed to make a very complicated um, subject of a story and make it very accessible to people who have no idea what this story is about before going into it or doesn't even understand the world of sports or analytics or statistics or baseball itself. So the fact that it is so easily watchable, I think, is an incredible feat for um, everyone at hand, from the writing to the directing to the acting, I think, across the board. That is one of the biggest praises this film can have. And I think this film is really um, simple. It's kind of like a meditation, which I think really does encompass baseball in and of itself. It's a very mellow, feel-good, slow, steady 
and calm sport and environment. And I think um, the film really captures that. And I think this film kind of rides or dies on Billy. And I think it is a really hard um, part to cast. And I think they use all of Brad Pitt's natural charisma and talent perfectly in this film. I think this is a, a role that this man was born to play. And it really does elevate the material that it is. I think it's incredibly um, rewatchable. And I think it only gets stronger over time. And I don't know if it's so much of a cautionary tale, but it's kind of showcases what it means to be an innovator in one's field and the struggles one goes through to kind of break the mold and kind of get through it because that's even like a line in the show in the film when you're the first one to do it you're going to get a little bloody and I think it really shows that and what the meaning of success is and as Billy learns that and you really feel how much he loves it and by the end as someone who doesn't love baseball you got to admit this sport is romantic. So I really do love this movie. I think it's great. And I think it only gets better over time. All right. All right. You're right. Uh, when you set everything up saying that this movie was not for me, I was like, yeah, I don't know what Lauren thinks of this movie at all. It's not for me. <laughs> all right. Josh Parham. I know from our previous 2011 reviews, you have alluded to this movie quite a few times. So tell everyone that maybe is not in the know what you think about Moneyball. Yeah. Uh, yeah. When it comes to the uh, 2011 movies, particularly those that were in the Oscar conversation, I uh, have to admit, I'm not a really big fan of most of them. Uh, they do not really move me all that much, but Moneyball is the one exception. It is the only movie that was nominated for best picture that was in my top 10 that year. I adore this movie. I am also in the tank for Bennett Miller Man's only made three movies, but as far as I'm concerned, he's made three masterpieces. I I love him dearly. I also want him to come back, please. We're almost at a decade since Foxcatcher. I miss him so much. And it's funny to think that he wasn't even the original director for this movie, that it was it changed hands so many times. But I think Bennett Miller is able to capture the the meditation of this story so perfectly where it it is a rather quiet kind of portrait that he's painting as he normally does but you still feel so much passion that drives these characters and that i think is the element that can connect you to the story whether you have your own passion for this sport or not it's the fact that the characters in this story do and that they are trying to innovate they are going through these ups and downs to try to achieve something so singular and unique and in a way that they're going to find so many different avenues of of conflict but you root for them and that is also because of this really great screenplay that crafts these characters these great performances i i really do think that this is absolutely a highlight of brad pitt's career and i love all of the supporting players in some of them actual actors and some of them not but it makes the world feel so much real and grounded and I really do connect with this movie a lot. I am also somebody that is not a baseball person. I'm not a, a sports guy at all. But there are moments in this movie where even I am moved by what I am seeing. And that is because of great storytelling and great performances and great craft on display. This is absolutely one of the best movies of 2011. It is not my favorite movie of the year, but it is a very, very strong candidate for one of the best. And I think of this particular Best Picture lineup absolutely towers above them all. Hey, hey there. there! I'm Hannah. And I'm Audrey. 
We are a sister filmmaking duo and co-hosts of Sleepover Cinema, our show where we analyze the films that created the collective unconscious of the girls, gays, and theys of the late 90s and early 2000s. Princess Diaries, The Cheetah Girls, Aquamarine, Cinderella, the one starring Brandy. We haven't stopped thinking about these movies since we first saw them, and we want you to rewatch them and review them with us. Are these movies as bad as critics would have us believe? Do we even care if they are? We are always unpacking that very question on Sleepover Cinema. Check out Sleepover Cinema wherever you get your podcasts or at evergreenpodcast.com. See you soon. Just like how they talk about in the movie about the team being like an island of misfit toys, I feel in a lot of ways that Moneyball is a movie that is filled with secret weapons. There are certain standout players, no pun intended in this, that truly elevate this film above and beyond any set expectation I might have had. And I remember going to the theater to see this in 2011, not really thinking much about it because I was and still am not really a sports person. Although I will admit baseball is probably the game that I know best out of all the sports that are out there. Uh, Brad Pitt at the time, he wasn't necessarily like my favorite actor. I'll just say that. Uh, But this year in particular, this 2011 year really, really had me do a bit of a double take on Brad Pitt in terms of where he was evolving in uh, in regards to his career, the types of roles that he was starting to take between this and uh, Tree of Life. And I, you know, I think prior to this year in particular, in the lead up to it, yeah, you know, he'd been in like Curious Case of Benjamin Button and Glorious Bastards, Assassination of Jesse James by the Coward Robert Ford. But I still saw him as like this Hollywood studio leading man type. And I and I know that that's like not a fair characterization, given if you look at the filmography, I think I was just very naive at the time to a lot of his choices. And so this was the year where it's like I finally woke up to realizing, oh, Brad's always made very smart choices as an actor. And he isn't this, you know, y- yes, he he is as pretty as Fabio, as they say in the movie at one point. Who's Fabio? But um, there there's still, I think, a degree of skill there that allows him to sometimes tap into being a very... Uh, how do I say like he mixes movie A-list movie star charm and charisma with the skill of the, that a character actor would bring to a supporting role. And there's so much characterization given to Billy Bean here that even though it's weird to say that Brad Pitt is a secret weapon of this movie or it might be redundant to say it, um, it very much is true here. I would then also say Wally uh, Fister as the cinematographer. I God. The work that he was just doing at the time, working with Nolan and then moving on to this, I I, I, I wish he would go back to shooting uh, films again because, you know, he, he did Transcendence in 2014 and the rest is kind of history after that. But he was on a roll and this movie is just no exception. It looks absolutely gorgeous. Editing, the score, I, I mean... There are so many things here that for a normal, regular film, I feel like these individual pieces wouldn't stand out as much. 
But watching it here under the direction of Bennett Miller, and then you just give him this script from Zalian and Aaron Sorkin, two of the best screenwriters alive today, and you just create magic. As they say in the movie, how could you not be romantic about baseball? I, I, I would say the same thing about how can you not be romantic about the art of cinema and how it can take something that, to like, like Lauren said, this may not be your thing. You might have preconceived notions about what this movie is going to be heading into it, but then you'll be so surprised coming out how moving it is, how funny it is, how intellectually stimulating it is, and also, too, how well it communicates to its audience using metaphors, analogies, and just, as you said, Josh, relying on performance to convey, yeah, okay, you don't know much about statistics, you don't know much about baseball, you're still going to understand where this movie is heading at all times, what the characters are going through, because we are going to focus on the people behind this story. And that is why I think Moneyball, uh, to, to echo a lot of what's already been said here, I, I think it definitely is one of the best films of 2011, and for me has only risen in recent years as a film that I look back on and I'm like, holy crap, it might be one of my favorite films of the decade overall, which is not something I was saying at the time of its release. So I think it's held up incredibly well over time. And even with uh, Ryan, you were saying before how the game of baseball has completely changed uh, and how maybe... You know, some of the stuff in this movie might feel somewhat antiquated. I think it perfectly works as a period film in that it is showcasing a turning point in sports history where the game fundamentally forever changed because of this statistical system that was brought to scouting, that was brought to uh, how to man people on the field. It's... It's really cool stuff. I have to say, it's really, really, really interesting. Uh, but once again, it's the human element. It's the story about Billy Bean and his daughter. It's the story about these players and what the game means to them and how it's impacting their lives. It's uh, even to a smaller extent also about uh, Peter Brand and his gaining of like self-confidence in being a... Um, co-GM for this uh, ball club. Th there's a lot of interesting stories at play here for each one of these characters, big and small, and I think that's where Bennett Miller uh, comes into play here as the one that's just holding this whole thing together and making it worth everyone's time. I agree with what, what you guys have said. I mean, meditation is, is really good because I think that Matt, what you mentioned about Pitt's performance, I mean, it's those moments where... It's the quieter moments. Yeah, he's not on the road in the beginning. I think the the opening sequence where you, you're you at the Coliseum and he's just sitting there with the little radio Beautiful. and he can hear the the radio from afar and he's just, he's he knows what's happening. It's inevitable, you know? And he's just walks back to his office in the security guard. They all know that he's not going to want to hear this right now. He's like, it's fine. It's fine. I mean, the workout sequence later where he's in the gym while they're trying to break the streak, even like the sequence where he's running in the morning at the Coliseum, just like little, little things like that. Or when he's in his car driving, I mean, it's, it's all those things that like it, it truly, you know, for, you know, Matt, you were mentioning about, he had like the pretty boy persona for a long time. 
And I think a lot of people tried to like, because he was in a movie literally with this man, they tried to say that like Pitt had the qualities of a Robert Redford, you know, of this, of this, of this guy that looks really pretty, but even Redford's generation didn't even see him as a true actor. They only nominated him once. And it was funny that, you know, it was him stepping behind the cameras when he finally got his recognition from, from the industry and the Academy. Yeah. And even in, I think as he's gotten older, Pitt's gotten better and shaken that off. And it's really, I agree. Been able to tap into like father figures, tap into, uh, for lack of a better word, losers and tap into, um, mythology of America. I mean, you talk about Jesse James, you know, you talk about even something like world war two movies and, and things of that nature. But even in this, like you're, he's tackling a guy that has essentially always been last or second. He's never been first. You know what I mean? Like even when he was, Billy Bean was drafted. I mean, he was first, but his, it all went downhill from there. He was a bust. And so he know, and then he goes and is the manager of a team, where I think one of the most devastating scenes of this movie is when he's begging for money to his owner. His owner is a billionaire, and is and even he can see I'm not putting any money into this. Like this is you're going to have to do what you can to get in the room with the 41 million dollars, while other teams have got five times the amount of budget, and you're going to have to rebuild this. And then I love that. I love when he goes to all the scouts and they're all talking in the room and he just goes, la, 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 <laughs> because he's just tired of hearing the same old thing over and over again. And I, I, I love that scene. Cause he's, cause he's at his wits end at that point. And for the rest of the movie, he plays it like a man that's got nothing to lose because he's already lost everything in his life. He's not married anymore. He barely sees his daughter. You know, he's not, he never was a, you know, a big time professional player. He's not a manager on one of the best teams in the league. He's being dealt a bad hand. He's got his manager uh, slash coach in his ear about a contract extension, you know, while they're losing their top three players and getting screwed over. And, you know, the, the Jonah Hill character, he's not based on a, you know, he's, that's not an actual real person. He's like an amalgamation of a bunch of people. Uh, in real life that that helped being with this but in this particular film it's better you know obviously for a film version to just have it be one person and i think jonah hill is truly just as great in this movie this might be my favorite jonah hill performance um because he works so well with pitt hey everyone sorry to interrupt but this is a preview of our full review from moneyball here on the next best picture podcast in order to get the over two hour long review you will have to head on over to our patreon under next best picture where for one dollar minimum a month you will get the rest of this review and other exclusive podcast content from us as well You have been listening to the Next Best Picture podcast. We are proud to be part of the Evergreen Podcast Network, and you can subscribe to us anywhere where you subscribe to podcasts. Be sure to leave us a review on Apple Podcasts and let us know what you think of the show. We really appreciate your feedback and your support. Thank you so much for listening, as always, and we will see you all next time.
Coming up on 5-Minute News, I'm Anthony Davis. You might think it's partisan because maybe it's critical of one side or the other, but it's not, it's just the truth. And I think that's also something that's kind of unusual for Americans listening to the radio or to podcasts because the news landscape in the States has been so partisan for so many decades. So 5-Minute News is verified, truthful, independent, unbiased and essential world news daily.